0: It's a Wednesday edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle, and joined by two-time Stanley Cup winner, a man who knows how to turn it on this time of year. It's one of your favorite all-time Dallas stars, Craig Ludwig. How are you, Luds? I am very good, Gavin. What's going on in your world? Man, so, you know, that cheerleader label, so I got to be careful, but at the same time, um, you know, watching... (laughs) that game still are you still hung up on that uh yeah i kind of well i am it's he's in my head Gallardi's in my head now well Um, listen
1: i gotta tell you something so yesterday i'm doing my little podcast right yes and i'm doing it with bob stern
0: yes and Um,
1: that same line came up (laughs) and we was just talking yeah and i don't i don't remember how it came up and he goes you know, basically the same thing you're talking about,
0: but man, you guys got some thin skin around here. We're breaking up. So you're having, (laughs) you're having other people on, but not me. Well, I got you on the list. Okay. Good, 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 good.
1: I got to turn that, I got to turn that piece of paper upside down.
0: I'm available. I will buy dinner (laughs) afterwards.
1: No. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You got the corporate card. All right.
0: (laughs) Okay. So listen, you're the professional, but here's what I'm seeing and i I just see a team that's not coming out with energy necessary. it really reminds me of previous years and i I don't mean to be simplistic, luds, but at the same time i'm I'm frustrated by the lack of checking I'm frustrated by the lack of physicality I'm frustrated by the like I get it. Thatcher Demko made some good saves. But we can't continue to say these goalies keep stealing the show when we're not in the dirty area creating screens. We're giving It's like it's like the power play that I was watching. It's like if you keep shooting from the corners, yes, the goalie's going to save it because it's clean looks. So,
1: uh, yeah, it's, it would be concerning, especially at the time of the year it is, you know, because we always talk about, you know, you start getting into that 20 to 15 game mark, you're, you're trying to get your game in, in order, you know, heading into the playoffs. And, you know, again, nothing's guaranteed as far as the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the, when you look at the Western Conference, um, you know, you, you've been in that number one spot, or at least real close to it all year long. And, and then I look at, and so, I think sometimes in your head, you're going, yeah, we're going, we're getting into the playoffs. We're going to do this and that. And then put on top of it in the last four or five games, you played, uh, what was it? Vancouver, Chicago, Columbus, some teams, I guess some player people would call them trap games. And, and I always, I always get, I have a hard time with the, the phrase trap game because a trap is, something that's unexpected, well, you know who you're playing and you know what the other team's record is. But, you know, there are times when they're hard to get up for and you just think that, not to say going through the motions is something players never like to hear, but you feel that, you know, you're a good team and, you know, you're on your <clears throat> you're in your own building and regardless of where you are, you, that you can, you know, you can win these games. And that's the concerning part. Um, and I think sometimes you can look too far ahead and maybe that's what's going on with Dallas right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole part they're good and good and bad news. I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago, and they were talking about you know, getting behind, they were down a couple of goals to this team, a couple of goals to that team. <clears throat> that is that's concerning. And you know, the old cliche is starting on time. And but you look at the other side of the coin, they've got the ability to come back. We've seen that all year long. This team can be down by you know a couple goals, sometimes three goals. And they can claw their way back in. And um, you know, if they if they weren't having issues in the in the overtime slash shootout this year, um, how many of those games could they have won? You know, if you could dial the clock back to last year when they sure. were good at that part of the game. Um, so, anyway, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. I, and, and again, I think for for a coaching staff, you know, it, it's I guarantee that there's things that they talk about every single day. And what do we got to do? I mean, they've had a this club has had a really good team. Um, You know, how do, how do we just tweak it and and steer them a little bit to where we're um, looking up there? But then at the end of the day, I look inside the room all the time, you know, and it's, uh, it's what your, it's what your leadership group is about, about, you know, turning those kind of things around and getting in the right direction.
0: Yeah. So the the little things that I look at, you know, I went back and watched and while Hughes made an amazing backhand pass um, to score one of the Canucks goals. I think what we need to remember, the goal happened because of Hockenpah with a needless icing, where he did have some room, he was getting some pressure, but he just basically shot the puck too hard. Sagan couldn't grab it. It's icing. It goes down the other end. No one thinks about it. The next thing you know, Vancouver scores a goal. So it's those little things. I did have one question on that, on the three-on-three, when uh, Vancouver scored. Miro had his stick. I'm trying to now act like Miro if there was a camera on me. So he had his stick to the right side. Should he have been blocking that passing lane over to the left?
1: Anytime. It's funny. (laughs) Uh, Two days ago, I used some examples with our players and it was the Suter play. It was the Miro play from the Chicago game. (laughs) And there were a couple two on ones, obviously a couple of good players in Kane and Domi that were making some passes. And it was just the way that they were defending. And and then I followed it up um, yesterday. I was watching the Pittsburgh St. Louis game. Uh, I believe that would have been Saturday afternoon. And what I showed our, our defensemen was stick position and how all good defensemen have a long stick. And, and you give the forward something to think about stick on puck is what, it, what I think a lot of people call it, but too many players don't understand how, <laughs> what a weapon is and not, not from a injury standpoint, but how, how big of a weapon your stick can be. Um, it, a lot of it is about body position, but that stick gets to places a second before you actually do. And, and so, yeah, so I agree with you, um, it, 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 it always comes back. is the guy coming down on his offside on a goaltender, you know, where is he and, and how do you communicate with your goaltenders in practice and games and what is your goaltender there? There's times, I mean, I've had goalies say, Hey, just get out of the way. I'll take that shot. And sometimes when you do something for a long time, it's hard to adjust to things like that when a new goaltender comes in, and that's not the case here, but yeah, at, at this point in their careers, they should, they should know number one, who you're playing against. Because there are times when when that puck carrier is a guy that you would rather have taken a shot than, for instance, Patrick Kane on the offside and allowing him to take the shot. Now, if it's Patrick Kane coming across the blue line and he's with, I'll just use a player, uh, Ryan Reeves, I'm getting the stick off of Patrick Kane's, yep. uh, getting the puck off of his stick as quick as I can and getting it to the other guy and make sure it never comes back. Yeah. So, yeah, and and those are things like you talk about all those little details, they will go over the next day and they will take a look at them and and that's all part of the process of learning.
0: So we're in a situation now where the question becomes and you're a current coach, former leader in the room, how do you turn it around? I mean, do you go back to the simple things? Do, does Deborah walk in the room and say, "All right, guys, we need to relax." Um, you know, Sticks might be a little tight. Uh, Let's just go back to playing basic hockey. We have Arizona tonight. We all know where they are in the standings. They don't have their best defenseman on the ice. Let's get physical. Let's get early. I don't mind a penalty or two, but let's show them who we are. Is that kind of a message that you deliver?
1: You don't look at the jersey of the opponent that you're playing anymore. Um, you know, and again, when you talk about their best defenseman being on the ice today, he hasn't been on the ice for three weeks,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've
1: actually got him in a a storage room in bubble wrap trying to get a first (laughs) round pick for him, (laughs) so uh, which I believe that that will happen. Um, and it could be man, it could be another team like Edmonton, even though they picked up Ekholm yesterday. Um, but anyway, um, you approach these games from now on to the playoffs and this would be a a leadership group thing and the coaching staff can say, it. but again, they've been listening, even though Pete DeBoer is a brand new coach, they've been listening to him every day for the last four and a half, five months. So, you know, at this point um, I think the, the coaching staff feels, I would say they feel pretty comfortable. Um, I've heard Jim Neal say it. I've heard Pete DeBoer say it talking about Jamie Ben and, you know, the leadership group here. I think they're pretty comfortable with their leadership guys. And, and so that that's where it starts with me. And and you approach every one of these games like you're playing the Boston Bruins or you're playing Tampa Bay or you're playing the Colorado Avalanche. It, it doesn't matter of the jersey that you're seeing. It's about us defending. And, and they're a very good team overall this year um, defending. Um, and, you know, the, the big thing is, is there's some guys that got to get going. You know, and, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Don't worry, they're they're going to get going," and and so this is their time now. And I, you know, and Joe Joe's in that category. I mean, even though Joe Pavelski's picking up picking up points and he's a good player, I know he he's probably sitting there frustrated, wishing he could add, you know, five six goals in the last you know seven or eight games. It hasn't happened like that for him, but <clears throat> and that that's put on by himself. I mean, he's been around long enough to know, and um, you know, but. <clears throat> To me, this is a, 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 it's not one of these team meetings that, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're not going to make the playoffs. But to put it bluntly, guys, we got to get our shit together. And we got to get back to the way that we've been playing in the middle of the season. Um, Let's start playing with the lead because we defend well and we we can, and we've got a good goaltender. So let's put an emphasis in my, what I would say, let's put an emphasis on the first five minutes of the hockey game let's set the tone. Let's put, you know, let's get seven, eight, 10 shots in the first five to 10 minutes and and let's pin teams back and let's wear them down. This this Arizona team, there's been a lot of teams that have taken them lightly and they've picked up a lot of points in the last 10 games. So I would think that that would be floating around in the room. Like this isn't the Arizona team that plays out of a high school building in Arizona. And they're, they're a bank for the rest of the NHL, you know, just picking up salaries and just moving players out. There's some players there that care, and um, you can see it's like the, you know, pushing a boulder up the hill for for these guys, and the whole world says we're this kind of team, and so they're playing with some balls, yeah, and and they're trying to make a statement. So, and all those things, I think, you know, they they should they know where they're at. I I have confidence in this group after what I've seen all year long, and watching the way that play, watching the way they can come back, watching the way that um over the past 60 games when they've been down in a couple a couple games they've been up and lost leads and, and found ways to scratch and claw back so you know like I said between 20 and 15 games you do, you get your game back in order and you go into the playoffs uh, on the right note
0: my only fear is is god I mean you you look I mean by Monday we could be almost I mean if 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 they continue, well, this, you're going to talk yeah. about where you
1: could be in the standings, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I am.
0: <laughs> I am.
1: Well, that that that's what you do. That's what they can't do, right? There's you. You look at them, and we're in first place in our division. Yeah, points percentage probably not. I'm. I'm going to guess Colorado maybe in point, point percentage wise, um, maybe first place. But when you look at the standings, we're still at the top. Let's stay at the top, you know. And all we can do is 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 win our games, <clears throat> you know. So they've got winnable games and they've got, they've got measuring stick games. I mean, I, you look at that weekend with, with Boston and Tampa, those were measuring stick games. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, you're, you're hoping that you don't have people come into the room today and tomorrow and go, man, look, look at all the moves that's been going on around us. You know, they, they picked up a good player, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, you know, we had a good opening yeah. game. Yeah, bring some speed. Yes. <clears throat> and on the other side, I don't know if you got to see, but uh, Gary was great last night in Montreal. Yes. He had seven shots. I think Yeah, he was flying. So <clears throat> it may be just something for Dennis that it was a time of change of scenery. And, and he's able to kind of re not reinvent himself, but get a, you know, he, now he's got a chance to, to make an impression and, and he did on his club and he's surrounded by a bunch of young players. So, yep. um, but I think, you know, Dananov, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to play that way after his initial game. Because he's been
0: on five man, different I think, teams, I think.
1: Yeah, five or six. <clears throat> five or six, and he's played about four hundred and seventy some games or somewhere in that neighborhood.
0: Yeah, had a massive year yeah. in Florida.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and again, he's got speed, he's got he's got mad skill. You saw the goal that he scored. That's yeah. what he can do. Um, you know, and maybe he's got. Uh, you know, and again, he's got it. He knows he's going to the playoffs. At least, you know,
0: right? So, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for him. And I was fully expecting. I know it sounds crazy, but I was expecting Gurionov to come out flying. I think he needed a change of scenery. I'm happy for him, and I hope he can, you know, become more consistent. And you know, I think it's a good trade for Montreal because they get a guy that they can control next year if they want to, um, and if he stays consistent they got themselves a 20 goal scorer, but I just didn't, I never thought that it was going to have a happy ending here. So I think to get something for him um, and to free up some cap space over the summer, if you want to do that, I think it was a good move by Jim Nell.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard on a player when, you know, the phrase is gripping your stick and you know, when the number one, the puck's not going to the net for you. Yeah when when you think it should. I mean, what, what did he have his first year? Didn't he have like 20 goals or something like that? Or yeah, I mean, he goals?
0: was yeah, he was off to a, a great start. What I liked about Dennis, too, is for those that don't remember, he, you know, the difference between Gurionov, and this is why I don't like the comparison to Nichuskin, Yes, they are both from Russia. Nechushkin forced everyone's hands by not competing in a combine and by saying, put me in the NHL or else, um, or don't draft me. Whereas Denis Gurianov played well for Team Russia and World Juniors, but wanted to come up the right way and came up through the ranks. Obviously, he was a first round draft pick. And so when he came to the United States, he played for Texas and worked hard down there to learn English, got a special tutor, and wants to embrace, you know, English as a language as well. So I, I think, you know, yes, he was inconsistent. There's no doubt. But. I think, you know, at the same, at the same time, he was never forced the star's hand um, for whatever it's worth. I heard he was a very good teammate and, you know, now he goes on to Montreal. So,
1: yeah, it's a restaurant. but what I I was, I was going to say, you know what? And then you come in the lineup and then you come out of the lineup and yeah, sometimes you play, you know, three shifts in a period. And, and then when you don't have a sh- or have a good, a good shift or, or you know, you, 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 you blow a chance and then you don't play for the rest of the period, you know, you, you're on that short leash and, and then, then that gets in your head. And I think it got in his head. He had to yeah. have a perfect game. He had to do this. He had to do that. So, you know, again, it's, <clears throat> it's a chance for a young player to go and reset and, right. and so, you know, good on him and hopefully he takes advantage of it and, and Montreal they're, they're looking for players, man. I don't sure. know if you could go to a, it, it's, it's a great market. Yep. The, 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 the fans understand where the team is. And they know that they're in a rebuild mode and they're looking at youth and they're giving and they will give players a chance. And so he's in a good spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Some good young talent on that Montreal squad. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. What I wanted to point out on today's spits and suds is the changing as far as how GMs look at the trade deadline in that. And this is why I'm, this is why I'm bringing up the name Nils Lundqvist because you know, on Twitter, I get hit up, you know, this is ridiculous. The stars aren't doing anything. I don't know if it's a question of the stars as much as it is. If I'm the opposing team, what can the stars offer me? That's enticing compared to other teams. Because if you look at every single trade, basically what comes back in return, draft pick currency that you could use later to grab some other players, or you can provide depth in your organization. The Stars don't have that currency right now because they grabbed Nils Lundqvist. And I understand there were some people, um, Mm -hmm. there are some players that moved with mid-draft picks. If you want to criticize that, okay. Sounds good, but at the same time, you can't expect a larger player when you don't have a draft pick this year, and by the way, you're up against the cap, so someone else has to take on salary. I mean, can you get creative? Yeah, absolutely, but do I think Logan Stankoven's going to be a really good player? Yes. Do I think Harley could have promise? Yes. I mean, you can go down the list. Wyatt Johnston, absolutely, tied to Landria, but at the same time, the thing that I feel is though teams look from the opposing GM is they're saying, I can pick my person with that draft pick. I don't take on another prospect and hope they fit into our system. And I wanted to get your thoughts.
1: Well, well, here's my thoughts on draft picks. I'm, I don't live and buy, die by draft picks. And I mean, you look at, just use for an example. And I think you have to understand where your team is at, where your organization is at look at what Tampa did when they picked up Tanner's, you know, they yeah. gave up five draft picks. And, and you look at all these, Patrick Kane. I mean, that could turn into a first round pick if they get to, I don't know what it is, maybe the conference finals or something like that. Um, Tarasenko. I mean, it, what, you know, and, and now you take army in St. Louis, what army was going to do is he was going to get rid of about, $25 million when he understood that his team is what it is. And so he started picking up some young players in there. You pick up players, to me, versus a draft pick. I understand the first-round picks. I get that, it's, 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 especially if you get a pick in the first, you know, 10 to 20, 20 picks in the first round. But you pick up player, in my opinion, give me some young players that have been proven they can play. That they're in the system, they're playing, we can watch them play. What is a draft pick? It's like it's a it's like a crapshoot. I mean, when you look at draft picks and and out of the draft, there's 40 to 42 players out of the whole draft that will play an average of 350 games in the NHL. 40 to 45 players. Now that and that, you know, you're going to have some players that you didn't think were good players. that are going to play 500 games and just kind of fit into a to a mold. So I, I just think that when your team is in that position, you may have to sacrifice a couple draft picks. I'm not saying you know a pick that's in the first you know ten or something like that, which you don't know. You got a first yep. rounder. Where's it going to be? But I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking at teams that have an opportunity to win a cup. Now you look in the West, the West is a little bit different than the East this year. It is. I mean, the East is loaded for bear, right. And you're just watching. I think the West just started joining the, the, the free agency party here a few days ago, but it yeah. was all about the East. Yeah. And so the East is looking at it. How do we beat Boston? Yeah. Well, and so <clears throat> the Rangers are going, okay, what do we do? We get Tarasenko, we get Kane. Okay. Now we bring those guys in. That's going to give us the best chance. So, and then you look in the West, are you drafting, are you trying to improve your team to beat the Boston Bruins? I'm not, I'm trying to get to the finals Mm -hmm. because in the finals, anything can happen. I'm worrying about my division. I'm not looking across the the street to the East because we don't meet them, you know, for two and a half months. So what does it take me to, what is it going to take our club to get past Minnesota or Colorado, what or Vegas, or LA, or Seattle, or whoever ends up in those top top eight spots? So when it comes to draft picks, uh, hey, you know I, I think you pick up and with a player you pick up a third and you pick up a late uh, you pick up a second you pick up a fourth a fifth and then you turn them into a player when you can turn them around and say yeah. okay I'll give you this and then it's a, condus- a conditional one. You know, so if, I'll give you the, I'll give you a third rounder. And if, you know, with the player that we're moving around here, if you guys make it to the conference final or we, you know, then we'll move it to a second, you know, something like that. Now, if you're Arizona and you're those teams at the, it's been said forever you in this league, you either got to be really good or really bad. The mushy middle is no place to be. Yeah. Cause you don't get good quality high round picks.
0: Yeah. I, I can tell you, Craig, I've, all my years watching hockey, this could be one. I am so amped up for these playoffs. I mean, you look at first-round matchups. Maple Leafs, Lightning, and Devils, Rangers will face in the first round. If But doesn't it piss you off that one of those, some two of those teams are going to be gone? Yeah, That's what yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the old one-through-eight system. And I everybody really
1: wants do. to talk about, you know, get – People to watch, I agree, but but I want to you know get people to watch and let's create a buzz. And but isn't the buzz sometimes kind of over after the first round and then after the second round, especially this year in the east? I mean, there are some you mentioned them. I mean, Carolina, Jersey, Rangers, Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Like yeah. those are all teams that can win the Stanley Cup. Toronto, Toronto's done an unbelievable job there. Kyle Dubas has gone out and made some moves and And, you know, and he and he's a what do they call him a lame duck, you know, because I don't think he's got a a contract for next year. So he's like, what the hell? Yeah, let's just pull the stops out. And, you know, but again, they still have to fit inside the cap. Colorado, you know, Landeskog hasn't skated yet. Is this not does isn't this kind of remind you of. What happened with Kucherov and Tampa Bay a few yes. years ago? Yes, where Kucherov came back, he started skating in January, and he was in every practice, and not playing a game, not playing a game. Right, right. Then, yeah, <clears throat> Breezebaugh goes out, and he picks up Goodrow, he picks up like Coleman, he picks up all these guys, and then you know he's ready to go game one. Yeah, and um, you know, but again, can can Colorado do that? Lambescog skating, but he's not playing any games. So can, can, you know, if you, and this team keeps on climbing and playing well, it seems like they're getting their game together. You know, can they go ahead and add somebody coming up in the next day or two or, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, they got 10, $12 million to play with right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So March obviously could change things, but I mean, wildcard wise, as you mentioned, it would be Boston against the Penguins if the season ended today and Carolina would play the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. In the West, Vegas. But it's has a, the
1: two and threes. It's the two and three spots. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Isn't, it isn't the, the ones in each division. Oh, I it, agree. It's, Toronto's got to play Tampa, and Jersey's got to play the Rangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, nice pickup of Gustav Nyquist by yes. uh, Minnesota. I thought that was a really smart move. I think it was a fifth that went there. Um, yeah, and then
1: they picked up Johansson also, yeah. which I don't know what that's going to do. But, but, yeah. And then Billy Guerin, is, is, he's playing banker too. Yeah. He's picked a couple, you know, he's picked up some dollars from a couple players and he got like a third and he got a fourth. And you, you think Billy Garen's counting on that third and fourth round pick at some point in the next year or two, right, whenever right. that is it's going to be a stud that's going to put him over the top. Yeah. No, he's going to include it in a deal. He's yeah. going to say, well, I'll give you a third. I got a third here. I can give you. Yeah. Or I'll give you a fourth and the guy's going to go, no, no, I can't take it. Well, how about a third? I'll give you a third. Well, he bought, he got that third round pick for $75,000 on part of Ryan O'Reilly's contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, they'd have to work some salary cap situation, but, I mean, JVR could still be a possibility. I like his game a lot. I like how he's a big body. Um, And then, of course, we have Jacob Chikrin, and the Stars desperately need a quarterback on the power play. That's becoming more and more apparent. Or, as Sean and I kind of laughed about, what's Anaheim doing with Klingberg? I know it sounds crazy, and you know, but why not, if you can work the salary out? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it,
1: I think for Dallas, it's going to come to work in the salary out. Yeah, and now are, With are the bankers? Are the bankers all capped out? You know, whoever those teams are, absolutely. I mean, if you want to work a third team into it, and you know, I just, I think. Well, the thing is, is Armstrong in, in Arizona apparently is not coming off a first round pick, so you've got to give a first round pick for Chickman. That's it. And it sounds like there's a couple teams, and I think it's L.A. and Edmonton, especially L.A. I think L.A. has been hot on them. And yeah. LA, I, I think LA thinks that they can do some damage. And yeah. I think that that's what they need. And so, um, you know, they've got what 48 hours or whatever it may be left to, yeah. to find that. And so, but, and, and there's been some good offers. I, I, I mean, you look at some of the defensemen that have, have gone and, and to other teams and, and Chikrin is probably at the top of the list, but there, for me, there's a little concern where a player is, hasn't played in three weeks right. or whatever it may be, you mm-hmm. know,
0: again, And by the way, Craig, you mentioned, and maybe this, you can think of a story that's similar back in your playing days, but last night the L.A. Kings traded Jonathan Quick to Columbus. Quick, the goalie of their Stanley Cup days, and uh, one of their room leaders gets traded and takes the team playing back to L.A. The team was in shock that it happened.
1: Yeah, you remember what I talked about with Vegas and flurry and distractions? Yes. Like it sounded like Kopitar was disappointed and what didn't they give, didn't they give the captain Dustin Brown, when they brought him back, they gave him a statue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he does. He has a statue. Jonathan
1: quick. They traded. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Here you go. Enjoy Columbus. You know, I mean, you went through the whole rebuild Jonathan, but here you go. I mean, yeah, but they were, they were kind of, I mean, what again, that just shows you when
1: management is putting the team ahead of an individual. Yeah. And because, the Copley kid, I think they've liked him pretty good, and yes. so is it Copley or, or Jonathan Quick, who's not even going to be here. Right, and we need to, we need to get a. I mean, they don't. I don't think they have a <clears throat> a ton of faith. Not, and I shouldn't say faith, but but they know they need more, and so they go out and they get Corpusalo, who, you know, he's playing on a a very poor team, and he's got like a five hundred record. Oh, you know, playing, know, since yeah, he back.
0: he's playing really well lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're you're and and I think you're kind of saying you know, we're trying to put, you know, your teammates, we understand that your teammates, this organization of head of this. Yeah. It's definitely not where you want to go. It's kind of like, you know, now all of a sudden you became the redheaded stepchild and you're just booted out the door. Right. Again, sometimes I think I kind of credit those kind of GMs and management that make super, super tough decisions. And, but it's the best for the organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was there a player that when you played, when, you heard the news that the team was crushed?
1: Yeah, Nui. Okay. <clears throat> and because when Nuendike got traded, <clears throat> I w- again, I, at the time, <clears throat> you know, I was back and forth. I mean, the coach, the, the, coach, the minor league team and then in there. And so I was in the office all the time. And, and, you know, it's two o'clock. It's because it, the trade deadline, central time is two o'clock. And so, um, and I think, I don't know, is that when lags went to Langenbrunner? But anyway, so I came back out and I remember being in the change room and it was about five after two and, you know, Nui and a couple other guys were standing there and um, I didn't say anything because it was after, because I, we were, I was in there earlier, about one I think it was quarter to two, just standing around the player and everybody was worried because there's always names flying around. You never know what the hell's going on. And so I go back in the office, nothing happens, nothing happens, what happens Two o'clock is the deadline, but the trade call has to come in and has to be approved for the league. So sometimes it could be an hour later, it could be a half hour later. And I remember coming back just before I was going to walk out, uh, <laughs> Hitch or whoever, who maybe I don't know who was in the room at the time, and it was like, "Yeah, we're trading Nunez." And I just kind of went, "Oh boy," because I just had seen those guys out, you know, just a little bit earlier than that, and it was round two. <clears throat> so I come out and I didn't. I just looked. And I just walked right on by. I couldn't even say anything and and I remember and I wasn't even playing that, you know, and I felt bad for the rest of the group. I felt bad for Nui because I think he felt that it was time and and so anyway, it was you know it was one of those kind of deals.
0: That's fascinating. It's just such a fascinating time, and we'll see with Friday and the thing I like about Chiran is just the two years' control. I mean, you're not if you're giving up prospects, you're getting a Bona fide quarterback, NHL defenseman, top pairing, and you have him for two more years at a very fair salary at four point five million. So that's why I like the deal. It makes sense for numerous reasons. I just I don't know if Arizona wants to play with the stars. So um, we we shall see. It's going to be a, Arizona um,
1: hasn't wanted to play with anybody
0: unless they're coming with a first round pick. Yeah, I would I would come with the first round pick on that one. I would come with the twenty twenty four. But if I'm Arizona, I'm like, hey, I'm holding out to see a twenty twenty-three pick come my way. And by the way, Dallas, your 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 first round picks in twenty twenty four is probably not going to be that great. It'll be in the twenties. Well,
1: what what's four and a half million or whatever it is at this time of the year? What do you, yeah, do you yeah. got to pick up? Yeah. You got up space. Yeah. That's absolutely. the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, I think some people were surprised like Dobin's not, you know, on the move. And I'm like, why would a team pick up Hudobin? You know, that's that's they're picking up a salary for a guy that hasn't played in the NHL this year. Yeah, so, it's funny.
1: You haven't heard his name mentioned at
0: all. No, I mean, no, I haven't. No, no. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi wild cherry also available in zero sugar. So grab a Pepsi wild cherry and get wild. It's a, it's, it's a fascinating, you know, but I mean, first and foremost, get the team going. Uh, We did get news that Wedgwood has had a slight setback Um, at the skate today, so Ottinger was on the ice. Matt Murray is there, so Ottinger will get the call uh, tonight against the Coyotes. Sean and I talked earlier. We thought um, that if he was good to go, Wedgwood probably would get the go tonight. But uh, looks like we might see a back-to-back from uh, Jake, which I candidly think is needed this time of year. I think you go with your best, and you know you got to turn the momentum around, and you know hopefully he can uh, help steal a game.
1: Yeah. You, I, I think when you watch Jake play because of his size and, you know, he's, he's just so good with his movement yeah. that I don't think there's a lot of energy. Um, I mean, that's not for me to say, but I, and I know they all work hard and for bigger goalies, you know, they work, they have to work harder and it's harder on your body, but, but because his mechanics are so good yeah. and, and he can, he can get from post to post and, and not like a smaller goalie. He just seems so connected and that, that I, I just think he's the kind of guy that, it, I don't think that's a problem for him.
0: It's kind of it's, it's kind of yeah, old so. school, Craig, but I mean, uh, two celebrations I love on the team. Ottinger, when he makes a great save, he just brings the puck to the face-off circle, basically. It drops it there and then skates to the bench. You know, he very nonchalantly, not in a cocky way, when he made those saves against Vegas on Saturday night in the shootout, just kind of threw the puck like, here you go. That's, that's
1: it, but that's his thing. I know, I, brought this I love up for it. Dessert. I brought it up to Razor, and I said, "I got to ask you a question." I said, "I'm sure you've talked about it," and I said, "But Jake, any uh, that's on every save, every save Jake makes. Yes, he and there's a linesman standing right next to him. Like if he has to go down and pick up a puck, he doesn't hand it to the line. linesman. I've seen linesmen early, early in his career; they know now. But where they just kind of reach over, they're gonna pull it out, of, and he drops it right in front of them. It's like, there you go, bend over and pick it up. <laughs> but but that's but that's just thing. And I, and I just said, and I think I said to Razor, I said, it just seems like he made the save drop the puck, reset. I'm getting ready right now. I'm not looking to flip it up on the backside of my glove and yeah. be the polite guy, you know, and yeah, you're right. And sometimes he'll just toss it to the circle, but, and I don't think it's meant as any kind of dig to the player that shot the puck or anything else. It's just, I just think he does it. He resets and he gets ready to go right away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other guy is Jason Robertson. I mean, making the great defensive play to save the game the other night and then making that, kind of blind pass to rope a hence uh, to score with about 35 seconds left to tie the game. And then in the shootout, I mean, just a nasty shot that comes in. He looks so methodical, but then that snap of the stick and like, doesn't even pump his fist. Craig just kind of like, like he's been there before very Barry Barry Sanders. he, He
1: almost seems embarrassed that he scores sometimes. Yeah. He doesn't want to celebrate and he gives you that. Oh man. I don't want to look like I'm happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's refreshing to see. It is. I mean, I, the celebrations are nice. Some of the, some of the celebrations are good. And sometimes some of these guys, you're like, man, what's he going to do this time? Uh, but yeah, Robo kind of just goes, this is my job. This is what I do. Right. And I'm not going to flaunt it in anybody's face. Cause at any time it can go cold. Yeah. You know, it, it, I could go 15 games without scoring. It hasn't happened to him. Um, but you know, and all of a sudden, so you know, then you hear the chirping on the bench, you know, and so I just think he, I just think he goes about his business. He doesn't rub it in anybody's face. Um, You can, and his emotion, sometimes you can tell it's, it's, it's kind of reserved. He, it seems like he wants to, to let it go. Um, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not waving no flag in anybody's face.
0: Yeah. I can see that C going on his sweater in the future. If he, uh, if he continues this and then when the stars were celebrating after the hints goal, like if you, if you look at the hugging Robertson, wasn't a part of it. He hadn't made his way over there yet. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't rushing. I yeah, I just love it. Like, this is what well, I'm paid he's not Russian. He's American.
1: <laughs> no but you know what that that's the thing is is he knows that he made it then they he actually made that play i think with his foot it seemed like he dove and then the puck kind of got. he kind of slid past it and i thought his foot came around and knocked the puck off off the player's stick but but i just think he he just he's not interested in being the center of attention even though he is every night yeah you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely he took a very aggressive angle and he said after the game he needed to because you know he didn't want to backtrack, he had to make a split second decision, and turned out to be the right one. You know, once again, yeah. very nonchalant in the interview. You know, when they asked him about, it, he goes, "Yeah, it was a hockey play." <laughs> right. So, love his attitude. Love your attitude, Mister Ludwig. So, I need you to go in the room and fix these guys, please.
1: Oh uh, no, I'm going to go fix myself this afternoon. We got a little. We got. I got. I got to do some work this afternoon. Okay. I can't, I, I'm missing. I'm missing practice. Um, All right. Yeah, our uh, we have a, a sponsor, um, or I should say, Kevin mentioned I have a sponsor. It's called Herman Marshall Whiskey. Imagine that. Nice. And uh, we are heading out to the, um, they just opened up a new tasting room. It's very cool, out in Wiley. Wiley, and So yeah. we're going to do a live, we're going to do a live show. I guess you call it live, but it's not yeah. really live, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Harper, Derek Harper, and Mensch, Kevin Mensch, and myself, and Julie Dobbs are going to go out nice. to- Herman Marshall today out in Wiley at, uh, I don't know, four, four thirty or something like that. And, um, taste a little, uh, taste a little whiskey and, uh, you know, you got to do that when they're one of your partners. So, and then do a little show. Nice. That's yeah. cool.
0: Well, I'm free. So you can drunk text me. Hey, let's hang out. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I'll get right on that. <laughs> I'll put you in my speed dial. <laughs> For as much as you drink, I figure I'd get one drunk text every once in a while.
1: Oh my God. I don't even drink anymore. <laughs> or any less.
0: <laughs> All right. So, listen, this is why we do spits and suds to keep you informed, to give you the latest. To talk about should Miro stick Ben on the left or Ben on the right, this is kind of the insight that you're getting. The latest in the trade rumor mill, the fact that Jake Ottinger's starting tonight instead of Wedgwood, this is why you listen to Spits and Suds. So download it, spread the word, tell your friends, support Craig, not just in this podcast, but his other ventures, please. Uh, that would be great. And that's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. We'll have a special trade deadline Friday edition with our friend Sean Shapiro And that will happen on probably Friday afternoon right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening, everybody.